the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. He is fleeing from an angry, murderous brother. He is facing an uncertain future, and he is depending upon his father's blessing. Even though he had been, as described, a young man that hung around the camp, he is now having to learn how to be a pilgrim and walk by faith. That is precisely the same thing you and I learn on our journey in grace, isn't it? God will sometimes thrust us out into the wilderness so that we may learn to depend upon him in faith all the more. That is the lesson before us today in chapter 28 of Genesis, here on Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno and online at highlands.us. Here's Pastor Leighton with today's Study Verse by Verse. Then Rebecca said to Isaac, I'm disgusted with living because of these Hittite women. And if Jacob takes a wife from among the women of this land, from Hittite women like these, my life will not be worth living. So Isaac called for Jacob and blessed him and commanded him, Do not marry a Canaanite woman. Go at once to Padan Aram, to the house of your mother's father, Bethuel, and take a wife from yourself there from among the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and increase your numbers until you become a community of peoples. May he give you and your descendants the blessing given to Abraham so that you may take possession of the land where you now live as an alien, the land God gave to Abraham. Then Isaac sent Jacob on his way and he went to Padan Aram to Laban, son of Bethuel, the Aramean, the brother of Rebekah, who is the mother of Jacob and Esau. And so what it tells us is that Isaac calls Jacob to tell him of their decision. And no doubt when that summons came, Jacob might have been expecting his father to scold him for what he had done in stealing his brother's blessing. But Isaac didn't do that. See, God had shaken him to his foundations. And now he has decided that he is going to please God. Now, the wording of this blessing shows that Isaac had come to value the covenant of salvation and the sovereignty of God in the manner in which it was unfolded. And he knows that God's plans are better than this than his. And, and so not only did Isaac speak kindly to his son, but also gave him an extra blessing as he set out on the journey to Haran. And his blessing officially recognized Jacob as the third patriarch. Now, as has been the case in a number of these narratives in Genesis, and will continue to be, the blessing of uh, uh, Isaac upon Jacob uh, forespoke the events that would happen in subsequent chapters. Uh, Jacob would visit Laban for a while. Esau's anger would subside. And Jacob would find a wife and return with a great assembly of people. And then the story shifts attention to Esau. Now Esau learned that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him to Padan Aram to take a wife from there. 
and that when he blessed him, he commanded him, Do not marry a Canaanite woman. And that Jacob had obeyed his father and mother and gone to Padam or Aran. Esau then realized, then, note the word then, he then realized how displeasing the Canaanite women were to his father Isaac. How come it took him this long to figure that out? That tells you something about his sensitivities. Esau then realized how displeasing the Canaanite women were to his father Isaac. So he went to Ishmael and married Mahalath the sister of Neboeth, the daughter of Ishmael, son of Abraham, in addition to the wives he already had. So evidently, as a result of discovering, finally, his uh, parents' dislike of the Canaanite women, he decides he's going to try to improve that relationship by marrying one of the cousins. Remember that back in this time, uh, it was different than the times we now live in. Abraham married his half-sister, That was okay. Uh, Another generation married their first cousin. And it wasn't until uh, the time of Moses where these kinds of practices uh, were uh, against the law. And that's because as generations succeeded, the lifespans got short because the DNA was affected by the sin sin of the people. And so uh, it was not uncommon for uh, the early generations to marry their half-sisters and cousins. And so he's thinking, well, you know, Obviously, uh, Jacob is looking for a wife among Uncle Laban's children. So why don't I look for a wife among Uncle Ishmael's children? Maybe then I will get some kind of a blessing and gain favor from my father. But of course, the result of that only added irritation in the home because Esau was unspiritual and he could not connect these spiritual dots. He could not understand the picture. He could not understand that imitating Jacob's marriage was not going to get his dad's blessing or God's blessing. He had no idea of what it was to please God. Verse 10, Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. And when he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and laid down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. So we find that Jacob now has set out on this journey, some 500 or more miles long. He is evidently very much alone. He is fleeing from an angry, murderous brother. He is facing an uncertain future, and he is depending upon his father's blessing. Even though he had been, as described, a young man that hung around the camp, he is now having to learn how to be a pilgrim and walk by faith. Now, several days' journey from where he had been to this place, what we know as Bethel, And no doubt, during those days of travel, as he was walking the paths, putting one foot in front of the other, his mind must have been filled with all kinds of questions. Questions like, would Esau be following and try to kill him? Uh, Would he have enough food and water to continue and, and keep on going? How was he going to be received by his uncle Laban since he wasn't able to bring a great caravan of gifts? Would he ever see his mother again? Would he ever see his father again? Would he ever be able to come home? 
had all the things that he had done in order to get the blessing been worthwhile? All kinds of questions must have been going through his mind. And he's profoundly alone. He's got no one to talk to. And he's in the middle of a wasteland that is filled with clear and present danger. And finally, at the end of one of these days of travel, he's despondent and exhausted. And he finds a stone for a pillow and lays down to sleep. And by the way, in chapter 12, we read that Abraham had been in that place, Bethel, and had built an altar there. But we're not told if Jacob knew that or not. So Jacob slept on the earth and used a stone for a headpiece, which was not an uncommon practice in the Near East. And while he was sleeping, he saw this ladder or stairway and angels going up and down it. Now, the word here that's translated stairway or Ladder uh, is a word that only occurs once in the Bible. And because of that, some of the translators didn't know quite how to render it. The King James, which is centuries old, renders it ladder, but ladder doesn't seem to be an adequate descriptive to describe a place where angels can simultaneously be going up and coming down at the same time. So perhaps the word meant more of a grand staircase, uh, a kind of a picture. But unlike Babel's tower, this staircase is not a, uh, a product of human delusions of grandeur. It is the way by which God makes himself known to Jacob. And remember that Jesus has called himself that ladder, that stairway. And it's Jesus who is the way by which God makes himself known to us. Now, there's angels going up and down this structure, and not many people have seen angels. There are a few that are clearly identified in the Bible. There's Elisha's servant in Dothan, and Daniel, and Zechariah, and of course, Mary and Joseph, and uh, the women who were at the tomb of Christ, as well as those who saw uh, Christ depart into heaven, the Apostle Paul and the Apostle John. But what this scene really portrays dramatically is how close heaven and earth are and how much interest there is from heaven uh, to earth. The Bible says there are thousands and thousands of angels, meaning they are too numerous to be counted, and that they are ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit it in, in, in salvation. So Jacob has discovered in the middle of no place that he is not alone, that God is with him, that the God of his grandfather and his father are watching over him, and there are angels present to serve and protect him. And as he's looking up the stairway, his attention is drawn to the Lord. There above it stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. And you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. So like Abraham in chapter 15, this covenant 
was confirmed while they were asleep. Abraham received it in a vision, and Jacob received it in a dream. In both of these narratives, the, the, the same covenant is described. Now, thus far in the story, the emphasis has been put on Jacob getting the blessing. Here, the emphasis shifts to him being the blessing. In fact, this is the fifth time uh, in Genesis that refers to the patriarchs uh, as a means of worldwide blessing. We today are blessed because Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were blessed. The generational love of God in Christ. This has been Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Our time spent here in Genesis chapter 28 as we take a look at the beginning journeys of Jacob and how God will use him and why. Encouraging for us today, I trust and pray. If you have questions about today's broadcast or who we are at Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno, I would direct you to our website. Great place to get rolling on something like that if you'd like more information or to review today's program at your convenience. Highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Tomorrow, chapter 28, once again, on Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.